0: Welcome to the Remnant Christian Centers podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Good morning, sons and daughters of the Lord. Yeah, it all looks really beautiful, so I want to say that uh, I have really big shoes to fill. <laughs> so normally i've come and share word from the lord but usually my pastor is there you know like hey that's awesome you know and now he's not here we love you miss you i know you're watching and i know that you're praying for me and um you know i just want to say i never take this for granted i um hmm, i understand the responsibility of standing here in front of people and delivering the word so um, I know that I've um, talked a couple of times and I've shared my heart a couple of times, but there's just something different about today. Um, so I'm going to pray for myself and then I'm going to pray for y'all, okay? So, Father, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for who you are. I thank you, Lord, that you don't leave us here without instructions or directions, or for us to just try to figure things out. But we have your word, God, that leads us and teaches us, and we have your Holy Spirit. And so, God, today I I pray that I just disappear, God, and Holy Spirit, come and speak to your people and share your heart. In Jesus' name. And I want to pray for you. Actually, um... Why don't you repeat after me? Say, Heavenly Father, I'm here today. It's not a coincidence. It's divine appointment. Open my heart to receive. Open my ears to hear. And open my eyes to see. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, so I am really excited to share with y'all, um, like I said, humongous shoes to fill. <laughs> um, but my heart is actually very full. My heart is actually um, a little burden. So it's, um, it's a little heavy, but it's good, I promise you, okay? Um, but one of the things that I've always promised the Lord Um, as I started growing in ministry is that I will speak what you tell me and I will not hold back and I will not compromise. So men of God, thank you for trusting me with the pulpit and RCC, your people. And he gave me permission to go. (laughs) He said, you go and you preach and just share your heart and what God is giving you. So um, my message today, it's um, preparing the bride. Preparing the bride, and um, as you're here, we're in the season. You know, there's so many things that are going on, and so many things that are happening. And I believe that is a message that needs to be well, it's a message that needs to be brought back to the house of God. And it's a message that we need to hear, especially for such a time as this. Amen. It seems like every time I come here, I have a message. And it's for such a time as this. (laughs) So um, I want to do a little disclaimer. So I am not going to get into theology of eschatology. And for those that don't know Christianese, I'm sorry, so I'm going to translate that for you. So I'm not going to get and try to teach you on some things about end times. Amen? Okay. So I just got to make that disclaimer because the honest truth is I am not qualified to do that. But harvest is. (laughs) Uh, but what I've come here to share with you today, I really, with everything that I have in me, and this is why I feel like today, it just feels a little different, um, because I'm sharing the Father's heart, and I'm going to share our beloved Jesus' heart today. And so, so I did, um, did want to make that disclaimer, but I will talk about the amazing wedding that we're all waiting for in a special event that is going to happen. Amen? And so what birthed this message when PG told me, hey, I'm going to be out of town. I know you have something in your heart. Share. Immediately, I I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to ask the Holy Spirit, you know, what do you want me to speak to your people today, which normally is what I do, because he had already given me a burden and a word. And I have been carrying this for about six weeks now. Um, and my goal in my heart is for you to get as gripped as I did when the Lord gave me this vision. So, this message is birth from a vision that I had. I had a dream. And, um, and it was about the wedding day. The wedding day. Okay? So, as I go into this, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do a little bit is... Um, kind of lay a foundation for you. So I love stories, and I figured that if we tell stories, it kind of gives you a picture. And um, so I'm going to lay a foundation of um, ancient, ancient times, so ancient weddings during that time. There's a lot of symbolism in that, so I'm going go to get a little bit into that. And my goal is for you to see something in the Old Testament And in the Jewish wedding traditions and cultures and rituals that they did, that is very, very parallel to what the Bible talks about our wedding day. And um, I feel like maybe I need to, for some people, just kind of say, like, I feel like some people are like, what are you talking about? Um, So when you read read the book of Revelations, there was a revelation that was given to John. um, And he talks about a wedding day and a wedding feast that he saw. So is everybody, like, good with that? Okay. Because I want to make sure people know what I'm talking about, (laughs) right, so that you can get it. So that's what I'm talking about as it relates to um, Old Testament um, stuff. So it's kind of like a parallel. So I I hope and pray that I can can, kind of make sense to you guys. But we know that Jesus was Jewish, right? So a lot of times, one of the things that I find is that sometimes we read the word And, like, totally doesn't make any sense to us. And that's because we don't know the author, Well, right? Not just the author, we know it's Holy Spirit. But the author, the person that was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these words. And we don't know their background. We don't know their culture. We don't know the times back then. So sometimes we read stuff and we're like, "Ah, this makes no sense. So, no... That everything in the Bible, even the Old Testament, it's very important. There's things that we can take from there. I know there's a lot of people. Me used to be one until I'm getting learning so much from Harvest and Yvette because that's what he does. He teaches. And I'm like, wow, like, we can still get so much from the Old Testament. So please don't disregard that. So um, I got really excited because this kind of led me to do some, like, research and stuff, and I found out things that I didn't know. And there's a lot of stuff, but I'm only going to highlight a few as it parallels to um, our future wedding. Um, and so for those of you that might not know, like, if you're new in the faith and, you know, you don't know a lot of Christianese, when we talk about the bride and when you hear me speaking about the bride, that's you, Okay? This is just for new people. Um, Because sometimes we take it for granted that everybody knows what we're talking about, right? So I just want to kind of throw that out there. So even you men, and I know it's hard for men to kind of see themselves as a bride, but you have to, okay? Because you're called the bride of Christ, right? Um, And so going into the Jewish um, ancient culture, traditions, and ritual, uh, we're going to do this to better relate uh, our wedding day with the Lord. And we know that Jesus was prophesied in the Old Testament. Everybody knows that? Isaiah 53, right? Okay. And many more. But Isaiah 53 is just one of those that we know, oh, yeah, that's Jesus. That's, you know, that's it. So if Jesus was kind of prophesied already in the Old Testament, then this should let you know how these little things that I'm going to kind of share with you is just as important. Amen? Amen. This is where you can kind of get the picture. Okay, so um, I understand that this message is probably not a popular message. Um, I know that it might not entertain the audience. I'm very aware of that in most churches. I know that it's not preached in uh, most of our popular pulpits, but it has been the lost preach message. And so I think that we need to bring this back. And I appreciate this house so much because we don't hold back and we preach the non-compromised word of God because we love you even when it hurts. Amen? But I want to assure you that this message is from the Father's heart. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, like the sounds of mighty peals of thunder crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. His bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to, be, to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel of the Lord said to me, write this. Why? Because it's important. Why? Because it's instruction. Why? Because we need to know. Write this, said the angel of the Lord. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. How many times have we read them? We're like, oh, that's so cool. I'm going to read it again. So God told the angel to tell John, these are my true words. It's not there for coincidence. It's not just a cute story. It's not just a fairy tale. This is why we're talking about this today. It comes straight from the heart of Abba. Brethren, this is a real event that's going to take place. This is not just something that it's in the word of God and we kind of read it. This is a real event that's going to take place. I'm going to say that again. This is the real event that is going to take place. Now, I'm not here to talk to you about when that's going to happen. If it's before or after in the middle, I'm not getting into all that. But I am going to tell you that this is an event that's going to take place. Amen? Okay. So, so this is what was told to John the Revelator. And in verse 7 says that the marriage of the Lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready. You see, the bride has made herself ready because she made herself ready, it was granted to her to wear the fine linen. Because she made herself ready, it was granted to her to wear the fine linen. The linen of holiness, the linen of purity, The linen of righteousness, she has made herself ready. What does this tell you? Why is this verse so important? And this was highlighted to me as I took this in. And it's because we have a part to play in that. Yes, Jesus died for our sins. Yes, he did what he did. But you, bride of Christ, have a part to play in that. You see, it's the job of the Lord as the groom to go and get a place ready for us. But it's the job of the bride to prepare and get herself ready. <sighs> Jesus' final words to his disciples before his crucifixion. So to, just to paint your picture, you know, he knows the time is coming. He's fellowshipping with his disciples who knows that when someone is about to die and they know they're going to die, whatever they say in those last words, everybody take it like it's gold, right? You ever hear like, like oh, my God, this is what she said before she passed away. You know, this is what he said before he passed away. And, and then you will hold that forever. Like, like, you just hold it. You never forget. So this is what Jesus told them. Uh, this is uh, John 15.1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Now, I had to pause there. And I was like, okay, like the disciples have already spent three years with him, right? Why did he tell them that? Don't they already believe in him? Hmm, that's what I said. Huh, interesting. I'm going to read it again. Let not your heart be troubled. Bride of Christ, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So basically he's telling them, don't forget everything that I've taught you. Don't forget that I am he, the son of God. Don't forget that I am real and I'm true. And don't forget that Jesus You believe in God, believe in also everything that I'm telling you, because it will come to pass. Amen? And then he said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. That's so good right there. But most of us, me, myself included, sometimes we read that and it's like a cute little story. God, you know, God has little houses or big houses up in heaven, you know, and I know that if I have a lot of stuff like going in my head sometimes, I'm sure a lot of people do. But I'm gonna be totally honest and transparent. It wasn't until a few years ago, actually, the death of my dad, who opened up a lot of stuff, um, that when I would think of heaven, this is like totally vulnerability right here. So I hope you appreciate that, right? But it's all good. <laughs> When I thought of heaven, you know, I thought of just like, oh, a beautiful place, clouds, the angels, you know. Wow, like, honestly, I had no, like, desire, <laughs> you know, to me, like, you know, this is cool, like, heaven is here, heaven and earth, you know, yay, heaven and earth. And it wasn't into eternity stroking my home and my family. And then it kind of gives you something to think about. Anyways, that was just—I No, that wasn't even here in my notes. But in my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again. I'm going to read it again. I'm a teacher. I teach little ones. So we're told that you have to be repetitious with the children so they can learn, (laughs) right? I'm not calling y'all children. I just don't want you to forget. I really want you to get this word. If I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may also be. Praise the Lord. That is so good. That where he is, we will also be. And where I go, you know. Basically, what he's telling them, you know where I'm going. And then you know the way. And all, honestly, they were a little puzzle. And I'm not going to get into all that. Go read it yourself. It's so good. Right? But basically, be like, what do you mean? I don't know where you're going. Let's go back. These were the disciples that walked with Jesus for three years. And they're still clueless. <laughs> I don't know where you're going. And he's talking to them, and they still don't get it. Okay. So let's talk about the wedding. This is the exciting part. I got so excited, like, talking, like, researching. I'm like, oh my God, that's so good. So I found a couple of parallels. Uh, from the Jewish ancient weddings, like rituals and traditions and things that they did, very parallel to what the scripture talks about in Revelation, about our wedding day with the Lord, right? And one of the things that I, that I found that was really interesting was that uh, before a marriage takes place, there's like three things that have to happen, okay? So I am going to probably kill the pronunciation, bear with me. <laughs> It's all good, you know, I I, I don't speak Hebrew, but I'm going to try my best, okay? So, the first one, it's called the Shidokin, or Shidokin. Do you know how it is? No. Okay, the Shidokin. I almost called him, and then I was like, no, I'm going to do it by myself. (laughs) I was like, no, I got this. Um, Okay, so Shidokin. what that means is, like, it's a mutual commitment, okay? Okay. so basically, what happens in the step, I can't see when I put these up. Basically, what happens in the step of Shidokim is that the marriage back in those days doesn't happen the way that marriages happen here. Okay? Totally different culture. So, this is what I found out that I was like, ah, oh, so good. So, basically, you have this father and he has his son. And now he's like, son? It's time to find your bride. Repeat. The father has a son, and he's going to find him a bride. So, of course, what father doesn't want the best for his son? Right? So... He's meeting people. Let's say he finds this one young lady. She's beautiful. I'm pretty sure he wants her to look good too. So I know. All right, right? <laughs> um, but there's so many qualities, okay, that takes for this bride, not just like her appearance, right? Because, again, he wants the best for his son. So they find this young lady, and now he's like, oh, she would be good for my son, now, they, the, the family of the groom has to go and talk to the family of the bride. Okay? So what happens here is that now they're getting to know each other. I wish we did that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but it did work. You didn't see a lot of divorces back then. Um, so what happens in this, in, in this part of the... the sh- Shit akin, right, is that they're getting to know each other, they feel like they're a good fit, and now a commitment has been made, right? So, the commitment, the verbal commitment is, my son will now take your daughter as his bride, all right? So, when I parallel that to the spiritual, I parallel, like, this is when we get saved, right? This is, like, the commitment that we say, God, I receive you. You know, and the Lord says, daughter, I receive you and I forgive you and I'm going to clean you. Okay? So that's the commitment when we get saved as parallel into the uh, Jewish wedding. The second is the erosin. This is the engagement, Right? So this happens, and so what I found out that was really cool is that, you know how we haven't, we just had an engagement yesterday. Woo! We had an engagement in our family. We were so excited, right? So um, in the Jewish tradition, the engagement is actually the part, there's actually a contract, Okay, so it's not like when you guys got engaged yesterday, there's still no legal contract there. It's just basically, okay, we know we're going to get married. But in those times, it's actually a legal contract. So basically what's happening here is like, okay, your husband, your wife, we put a signature on it. It's a contract. So if you go off and do whatever, you're still on the contract. However... This is where it gets really good. You don't consummate the marriage. It's not happening yet. I don't think so. Right? Right? So it's not yet. So this part, spiritual side, right? It's our walk with the Lord. Okay? This is our preparation time. You know, we don't just get saved and stay there. Because if we do, then we're not growing. If we do, we're not feeding our spirits. And in all honestly, if we if, if we don't continue to grow, we're not working working out our salvation. So the danger of that is that you might not make it to the wedding. This is why it's called preparation. You are preparing. Yes, there is a contract, but now there's preparation time. The third part of that, which is the exciting part, right, is the nisuing. So it's the marriage. It's the party, okay? The husband comes. There's a wedding day. There's a party going on. They're having so much fun. And then they consummate the marriage, right? So they're together forever. I remember that when we were young, together forever. Okay, so together forever, that is like the ultimate, right? Now, what I found that was really interesting, I was like, wow, that like so good. So as I started doing a little bit more research, um, I found this parallel, right? Bear with me, guys. This is going to get good when I get to the, but I want you to get the foundation. Foundation is so good, Okay, so this is why I'm taking my time and doing details because I want you to get it because when we get to the other side, you're like, ah, it's going to make sense, right? So there's a thing called the mohar, right? And what that is, I'm going to read it from where I got it and then I'm going to go a little into it so I don't miss anything. The mohar was originally the purchase for the bride. What? He had to pay for the bride. hmm Come on. I'm already getting excited. And therefore, so, and it is therefore understandable why it was paid by the father of the groom. Mm, Y'all getting it already. You see why foundation is so important? To the father of the bride. In ancient days, marriage was not just an agreement between two people like we have here, but it's an agreement between families as well. So, the purchase for the bride, like our father gave his son. Mm. Uh, like the father gave his son. And his son, he had to die for us. Hmm. This is much deeper than even the tradition, right? Um, so, actually, what happened is that the bride had value, and so back in those days, they had gold and silver and like all these metals that were worth things. So, whatever that family had, whatever that father had that was worth a lot, now he says to the family, Here it is, in exchange for the bride. Are y'all feeling that? Because I'm on fire right here, right now. In exchange for the bride. And I could just imagine the conversation that took the good and evil, the father and the devil who thought he had you all. hmm says I'm going to pay for her and I'm going to buy her and it's not just golden medals the best of the best not only is he the best of what I have but he's actually going to die for her not only is he going to die for her it's a horrific death because I'm going to pay the price for that bride the heart of the father as I go through my message, I'm going to speak about two hearts. And this has never happened to me before. Because sometimes we think God, we know God, Trinity. But there is a Father. There is a Son. And there's a Holy Ghost. And they're all very real. And they have different ways that they do things. Although they're one. Amen? So when I saw that, I was like, What? That's crazy. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That just opened up for me like a whole new revelation of what God did for us. Because it's a covenant. It's a covenant. It cannot be broken. So that's why certain things had to happen. That's another teaching of the blood, but I'm not going to go there. Maybe Harvest can do that one day or oh, uh, PG. So, check this out. This gets really good, like even better, right? So, the newly married man usually did not find a new home for himself, so he didn't go. And says, I'm going to purchase this land here, this for me and my honey, and we're going to raise our family, and, you know, I'm away from my parents, like a lot of us like to do, right? Like, I'm done. I'm on my own. I'm my own person now, right? No, 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 no. Actually, the tradition was that the father already had enough, and the son is going to build from the father, to bring his bride not just to himself but to the father not good y'all need to get a little bit more excited about that because when i found out i was like what this is good like that's good stuff wow like i knew there were parallels i didn't realize it was like that he's bringing us to the father he's bringing the bride to the father y'all he doesn't have his own kingdom. He's bringing us back to Abba. Mm, so good. I know. I just. I got really excited about that one. Okay. So now the family has gained a bride, and I know how that feels, because I have a daughter in love now, a daughter in love, and like I tell her, "You're not my daughter in love. You're my daughter." You're part of this family. And so that's what God does for us. That no longer is your family. We're your family. Okay? And guess what? The bride at that time, they understood that. Not today. Today, even some girls are like, I ain't losing my last name. That's okay if you do. I'm just saying. That's not how the brides did. <laughs> that's not what they did. They understood. I now belong to this groom and I am part of his family. And it's not just them, too, it's with the father. That's so good. Okay. Um, so during the Erasing period, the groom was to prepare a place for the bride, while the bride was focused on getting ready, on the preparations. She focused on the decorations and she focused on all the stuff that she needed to have ready. Guess what's really good? After they get, they get engaged, remember, which is like a marriage, because it's, it's... He goes away. He doesn't live around her. He goes away. She doesn't see him. And they kind of had a feeling that it was probably going to be about a year. About a year. Okay, good timing. But it could have been longer. It really depends. So he leaves her fiancé, really wife, to go back to his father's house. Get it? To his father's house. And he goes and prepare a place for her. Okay? So now he's getting the home ready. He probably knows by this time what she likes. You know, maybe she likes these colors. She likes this. Okay, I'm preparing this place for my bride. And the rightful bride, because you see there's a rightful bride and there's a shameful bride. The rightful bride is excited too. So even though she's not going to see him, she knows he's coming back. Why is he coming back? Who knows? The contract. Remember? Part two. The covenant. You can't break that. It's going to happen. Hello? Hi. How are you? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm preaching right now. Can't talk to you right now. (laughs) That's so good, y'all. Y'all get this? Right? Mm. So this is what happens. So although the bride knew to expect her groom for about a year, She did not know the exact day or hour. Sounds familiar? Okay, do you see why the foundation? She doesn't know. She doesn't know. He could come home earlier. You know who knew? The father. Yeah! You see, y'all getting it. The father knew. So you see, the son couldn't just be like, Dad, like... You know, it's time to consummate this marriage. The kids are not here, so I can say that, right? Like, it's time to consummate this marriage in the natural, y'all, in the natural. Okay? Like, can, can I just go now? Can Can I hurry up? Mm-mm. No, son. It's not time. Not yet. The father knew when was the right time, and then the father would tell him, "Go get your bride." Go get your bride's son. Ooh. For that reason, the bride kept her oil in her lamp, ready at all times, just in case the groom came in the night sounding the shafar. Sounds familiar? The sounding of the trumpets? What? I told you this wasn't a fairy tale, as it is in the natural, so it is in the spirit. Ain't that good? I'm excited. This is so good. So, do you remember the parable of the ten virgins? Everybody raise your hand if you know it, because I just want to go on. Not every hand was raised. Okay, so Google. Parables on the virgins, it'll pop up. That's my best friend nowadays because I am not Harvest. <laughs> and I'll show you. Five virgins. Okay, this was a parable that Jesus talked about. Five virgins. Ten. Five were wise and five were foolish. Now, when we talk about the five virgins, what I need you to understand that this is not talking about Christians and non-Christians. It's not saying five are Christians and five are not. That's not what it's saying. It's saying there are ten virgins. That means in the natural, they have kept themselves. They haven't messed up with some stuff, right? So in the natural... You know, she, they're worthy. But that's not what it says. So you see, out of the ten, only five, it wasn't that they had oil in their lamps. Do you know? You know. It's extra oil. They had extra oil. So, in parallel to the spirit... Five of us are ready. Five of us are not. So I look at this church and I I wasn't going to go there. But it's like saying this side is ready to meet the Lord and this side is not. Yeah, I'm not making this up. <laughs> Love the visuals. <laughs> Just the visual, guys. Just the visual. Y'all all saved, okay? Cause guess what? You come to ICC where we're getting the bride ready. So if, amen. Come on. Amen. We are getting the bride ready because we don't compromise the gospel. Amen. So y'all okay? All right. Relax. Relax. <sighs> yeah. No, but. That, that was just sight. That's cute. A little humor is good. Um, however, this, this is the reality of it, though. All jokes aside. So what that tells me is that they were virgins, so they thought they were ready. This is the hard part to talk about because it really talks about a people who think they're ready. But they're not. I will not have blood in my hands. So that's why you got to bring this message. Because we love you too much. At midnight, the cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. He's here and all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps Matthew 25, 6-7 to but only five were ready yes
1: I'm here, I'm ready, let's
0: go I got my shoes on, I got my clothes on I got my, my gown on I, I'm, I'm ready to go and the other ones are like no, 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 wait, 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 wait I, I don't have enough oil can, can I have some? this is the side I would say, right? can I have some of your oil? -mm, Go get your own, baby. It's time. Go get your own oil. Go get your own oil. Praise God that we have a good word that's being preached here. But for those of you that are watching and don't, get your oil. Your pastor can give you oil, your husband can give you oil, your wife can give you oil. Get your own oil. All right. I think PK did that on purpose so we could hurry up so I could have more time. This is good. Thank you. (laughs) Amen. So I want to talk to you about preparation. Okay, Rosie, I hear it. I got it. We got it. We got the foundation, right? Isn't it good? The parallels? All right. So I want to get to the parallel of the preparation. How the bride's prepared. So it brought me to... uh, you ever seen One Night with the King? Raise your hand. Ooh, not that many. Watch it. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Uh, okay, so let me ask another question because I need you to get this. I want everybody to get it, okay? So do you know the moral of the story of Esther? Please raise your hand because I want if you don't, If you don't, don't raise your hand because I want you to get it. I don't want you to leave here and be like, "Wow, that was all like Christianese." I don't like. I want you to get it, okay? So most of you, okay, awesome. So you know, Esther was taken when um, the king, you know, divorced his queen because she was disrespectful, you know, all that. So he he needs a, a good queen. Da da da. Fast forward. So now they gathered all the virgins in Persia. Did it matter? They just had to be virgins, can be used and abused. They had to be virgins, okay? That was just how it went, okay? Sounds familiar? Okay, just checking. So during that time, all these uh, young women, and I'm going to be honest, I'm like, well, that wasn't cool, you know, because, you know, I have this American mindset and culture, like, why is like, going to be with all these women? And then he's got to choose, like, who is he? Well, he's the king. Right? He can be choosy. I'm just saying. So, during Esther's time, y'all all know about the preparation of Esther, right? So, I don't have to go into details. Okay. So, one of the things that I started thinking about, if they are wanting these females to be like, I guess, perfect, right, for the king, because a king is worthy of perfection, of excellence, and that was just a natural king, y'all, that was a human king, but guess what, there were still expectations, she better look good, she better smell good, she better shave her legs, I'm just kidding. You know, you know Amy, I mean, right? Just going in the natural. She's got to prepare herself. Y'all know that you're not going to go to your wedding day and just be like, you know, in your jeans and stuff. No, that's, that's not what we do, right? So in Esther's time, I just started thinking about this, right? And we know that she had these amazing spas every day again for a year. You're getting the parallels here? Every day, she had these amazing spas. Man, I was like, I need that, right? <laughs> Guess what? I'm sure they fed them the best of foods, the healthy stuff. You know, they clothe them nicely. Guess what? She got to sleep and rest because the beauty rest is important. All that stuff to make sure. That when she presents herself to the king, she's perfect, spotless, smells good. She got to smell good. There's something about aroma, and I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> hey, aroma is a, is a real thing. So who knows about essential oils? Where's my Macy? Is she here? Oh, it's with the kids. Okay, so you, you're going to get this if you know about essential oils. So when Esther was, was getting these spa treatments, nothing but the best was put in those waters. It was these essential oils. It was this good scented flowers. You know, think about it. So she, they did this for a year. You know what it means? This is so good. After a year of this, if Esther was to get a little sweat, guess what's coming out of her sweat? Y'all getting it? She's going to smell good when she's supposed to stink. She's going to smell good when she's supposed to stink. Because she prepared. I hope y'all getting this. Her sweat, which is supposed to be a stench, and I'm going to get a little, yeah, we're all adults here, right? Nobody wants to be intimate if you smell. Can can I talk like we're all adults here, right? There's something about when mm, that scent is on, when that candle is on, right? It creates the atmosphere. But if there's a stink going, it's the truth, come on. Y'all told me to be bold, right? That's what I get, hanging out with you guys. So, (laughs) there is something about the atmosphere, but there is something about the aroma. The Bible talks about the aroma. So that's why I'm bringing that up, y'all. I'm just creating the foundation here so you get it. You see, there's nothing about a picture in your head. So there's something about a good aroma. What's your aroma? What's your aroma? What is the oil that you are filling yourself with? What's in the bath spa? Hmm. Is it the best oils of the fruits of the spirit? Or is it the oil of this world? That broke my heart. Sounds familiar? An aroma is pleasing to the Lord. Second Corinthians 2:15 says, "For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. We have to have good aroma, y'all. The bride has good aroma. Ezekiel twenty forty one says, As a pleasing aroma, I will accept you. Then I will bring out from the peoples and gather you out of the countries where you have been scattered. And I will manifest my holiness among you in the sight of all the nations. Sounds familiar? The importance of preparing. Ephesians 5, 2 says, And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant, 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 fragrant offering and sacrifice unto God. Matthew 25, one I talked about it, but I want to read it from the word. Then the kingdom of heaven will be comparable to the ten virgins who took their lambs and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were prudent. For when the foolish took their lambs, they took no oil with them. But the prudent took oil in flask along with their lambs. Now while the bridegroom was delaying, sounds familiar? Wait. When is this happening? I've been hearing this all my life. I believe that, I've been hearing that Jesus is coming. When is he coming? He told the disciples he's coming soon. That was over 2,000 years ago. Regardless when he's coming, I believe the times are near. However, that's my belief. He didn't ask you to believe. He asked you to be ready. He didn't ask you to time it. He asked you to be ready. Amen. Now, while the bridegroom was delaying, they all got drowsy and began to fall asleep. Sounds familiar? Like the bride of Christ today? Not this church. Amen. But at midnight, there was a shout. Behold the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins rose and trimmed their lambs, and the foolish said to the prudent, Give us some of your oil, for our lambs are going out. But the prudents answered, No, there will not be enough for us and you too. You see, I wasn't kidding when I told you that. It's in the Bible. That's why I wanted to read it from here. Go instead to the dealers and buy some for yourself. And while they went out to make the purchase, you see, They wanted to be with the groom. They wanted to meet him. The world doesn't want him. Who are those? The bride. He came and they missed him. Later, the other virgins also came saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. We're here. I bought the oil. I went to the dealers. I went to the store, and I did it. I went, and I took care of that stuff that was holding me from being close to you, but I I just did it. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I walk in forgiveness now. I finally forgave that person. I finally took care of that offense that I had in my heart for so long. I finally did it, God. I'm here. I finally learned to love even those that hurt me. I did it, God. I'm here. I'm here. Open. Open. I told you this was hard. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. I do not know you. Be on the alert then, for you do not know the day of the hour.. All right. Matthews 22: 11 through 14 says, "But when the came came, came in to look at the guest. And he saw there was a man who had no wedding garment. He said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into outer darkness. In the place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but a few are chosen. I know that's not what you want to hear. I get it. I don't want to hear that. And I said, God, this is the message that you want me to give? And he said, Yes. Many are called. But a few are chosen. Guys, don't let the grace of what God has done and Jesus paid for you to think that it's okay for you to stay in your junk and not get ready for a king. That's not okay, that's unacceptable. Can I tell you that I know families that are not born again, that are not saved, that have a different religion and look better than Christians? Their families are better than Christians? That makes me mad. Because we have taken the grace of what Jesus did and think that it's okay for us to hold on with all that stuff. He didn't die on the cross and shed his blood so that you could still be in your junk. He died and shed his blood so that you can be free and walk in freedom. And do you understand that you're not left alone? Because that's why he had to go. And then he sent the Holy Spirit. He's very real. And if you're dealing with whatever it is that you're dealing with and it's keeping you from being the five virgin that is wise and ready... The Holy Spirit is there to help you. Deal with it. Work it out. It's time. It's time. It's time. We can't stay in our junk anymore. It's not okay. I love you, but it's not okay. Which bride are you? Just think about it. This is not to shame you or con- condemn you. It's to get you ready. <sighs> okay, I'm coming to my end. Is it hot in here or is it me? <laughs> all right. 2 Peter 3. Above all, you must understand that in the last days... Scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, Where is the coming of this promise? Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it's since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. And these waters were also the world of that time that was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and the destruction of the ungodly. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. This is from the word, guys, okay? This is not rosy. Just being passionate about this. This is the word of God, which is truth. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years And a thousand years is like a day. The reality of that, that in God's heart, Jesus died two days ago. Two days ago. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. He is gracious because he's giving you time to get ready. Because his love is so high, so wide, so deep, and you don't get it. He's not delaying, he is waiting. I got to finish this without getting emotional. Help me, Holy Spirit. Instead, he's patient. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way what kind of people you ought to be. You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed his coming. Rewind. Speed his coming. That right there is good. What does that mean? That if you get ready and you're that virgin that's ready... And you get those around you. Because guess what? We're not the only ones that need to get the bride ready. You have your children. You have your family. You have your friends. You have your your people that you work with. You have your own sphere. This is not just for a message that's got to be preached in the church. This is a message that we have to walk out But in keeping his promise, we're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. You see, it would be unfair for God to let the five foolish in. Then he wouldn't be a fair God. Remember, preparation is the bride's job. His job is to go make a place ready for us. Okay, that's my message. I'm coming to a close. Um, This message was birthed in my spirit through a vision that I had. It was about six weeks ago. And um, my daughter Samantha also had a dream that meant the same the same night. So the same night in the same household, Holy Spirit comes, I got a word for y'all. And I have a word for you to give because it's a corporate word. So I'm going to share her dream first. She said, Mom, and this happened, it was like a Sunday after church, and afterwards we were like home, and she's like, Mom, I had this dream last night. And I'm like, I had a dream too. She was like, Mom, it was like an end time dream. And I said, daughter, I did too. Mom, it was about like the coming of the Lord. And I said, oh, my God, I had a dream too. This is how it happened. I'm not kitchen out. now. We were like, oh, my gosh, the same night. That's crazy. Divine appointment. Divine appointment that is shared with you. So praise God for that. Because when he gives us something, it's for us to share with the body. And this today is divine appointment. Let me tell you, in the beginning today, there was, I mean, I always feel like the fire of the Lord, but there was something different about this message. And I was like, I got butterflies. I never get butterflies. Not that I think I'm, I'm all that in a bag of chips, but I know the Holy Spirit is with me, but this, and I know he's, he was with me, but I still felt like, what's going on? I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? I need your grace. Because <sighs> I understand the heaviness of this word. Back to the dream. I got time, praise the Lord, right? Yeah. PG, are you proud of me? Woo. Okay. Got time. I did it. Okay. Um. So Sammy's dream, she tells me that we were, like, gathering in a place. She goes, these were all church people. And, you know, we usually have, like, these gatherings that we do anyways. And, and she was, it was, like, a lot of us, you know, it was the Avages, it was us, and then we had other church friends, and we were all together. And she said, and um, I was sitting, like, on the side with a, another, a different group of people. And she goes, when I was sitting there, they were not being very godly. Like, they were talking about things they shouldn't be talking about. And, you know, they were like lukewarm Christians. They were Christians that went to church, but they weren't really saved. They were really working with the Lord. And she goes, you know, but I was in that circle. She said, and then all of a sudden, I don't remember if she said I got up or somebody got up and say, oh, Jesus is here. The Lord is here. And then she said, and all of a sudden, she goes, everybody that, that was ready, like you got up and you're like, yes, Jesus is here. And a couple of people got up, a few, not all. And we're like, okay, then we're excited that we're ready to go. Sounds familiar? The five wise and the five foolish. And she said, mom, she goes, what I felt as I felt like was, I was left behind, she goes, my heart, like she goes, I can't even describe the feeling. And I knew that I wasn't ready. Now she's ready now, but the Lord allowed her to feel that. And she said, and the feeling of me not being ready. She was like, I was like, oh my God, the desperation. Like, but I want to go, but I I can't. I'm not ready. And she was like, and then I woke up. I was like, wow, that's powerful. So let me tell you about my dream. So in my dream, we were uh, doing my son and my beautiful daughter in love. My daughter. We were celebrating their, their ceremony. They're already married and we're planning actually to do like a nicer ceremony uh, coming soon. And it just so happened that it was here at church. And we're getting ready for this, this, this beautiful event. And of course, I'm the mother of the groom. So like I'm excited. But all of a sudden, I was feeling really uneasy. Like it was, I was like, what's going on? Like something was just not sitting right in my spirit. And even the atmosphere was like, not like that of a wedding. You know how everyone's like sitting down, waiting. And then once, you know, it's going to start, everybody's sitting down nicely, just waiting. No, it wasn't like that. It was just like chaos. Like chaos. And I'm like, what's going on? And then I start getting upset because I'm like, you know, I'm coordinating this wedding. This is not like what I do. I do like work of excellence, <laughs> you know. And then all of a sudden, the party started coming. And, 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 and the girls in the party, you know how they usually walk really nicely? And they're smiling and they're looking at they were just like like this. Literally, they were just, and I'm like, what's happening? What like what's going on? You know, and I start getting angry, and then I hear my husband, a know, in the beginning. My husband tells me with this face, make sure our son is being honored. And I looked at him in the dream, and I'm like, okay, he's a little intense. You know? And in the natural, he's very intense, by the way. And then in the natural, I was like, well, maybe because I'm doing the wedding at the church, maybe he wants me to make sure that, you know, they are already married so that they haven't been living in sin. You know, they're married and stuff. That this is just so I thought in the dream. That's what it was. And I'm like, okay, I got it. So this is happening. And then all of a sudden, the bride shows up. Now, you know, my, my daughter-in-law, she's beautiful, and she would never do this. But in the dream, she came up with a raggedy dress, wrinkled, her hair wasn't done, it was a mess, she had flip-flops, and when I look at her, this wrath in me, and I'm really, I'm kind of passive, now, I have a button that but if you push it, then it's a different story. But it, it takes a while to get to that button. So it was very, uh, like, I just felt like, how dare she walk like that? Like, what is her ish? Like, it, I, I just everything flooded in me, and I'm like, and then I go... And I grabbed her and I was like, You will not dishonor us like this. You will not dishonor my son like that, walking like that. I'm like, Where is your dress? Because, by the way, she has a beautiful gown that's in my closet. And she just said, Well, what's wrong with this, mom? I thought I'd just wear this instead. There's nothing wrong with it. She did not see the condition of her appearance that was the scary part so now when I saw that I woke up from my dream but I'm still dreaming so it's a dream within a dream so at this point I'm asking the Lord Lord that was like a crazy dream I'm like oh my God please don't tell me that my son's wedding is going to be chaotic like that you know I'm thinking in the natural I was like, what does that mean? Oh, no. Like, thank God she already has a dress. We got that taken care of. Listen to this. And in my spirit, I heard the Lord say, it's not your son that's being dishonored. It's my son. It's my son. He's the one that's being dishonored. And she is okay with her garment. So I felt the heart of the Father. He is not okay with this. He is angry. I know you don't want to hear that the Father is angry, but he is. Because the body is dishonoring the Son. And the price that he paid was too her, too great, too valuable for the bride to walk like that. It's not okay. And then I felt the heart of the son as he waits for the bride. And he sees her come. This is what she looked like. (laughs) was a download from the Lord. They need to see it. They need to visualize it. He's waiting for the bride. He's at the altar. But she's not ready. What is that that's keeping you? Sam, come here. Up a little bit. I'm sorry, it's up for the viewers to see. Is this offense? Can you not get rid of your offense so that you can be a prepared bride? Is this your pride? Can you not get rid of your pride so you can get ready? Forgiveness that you're holding on to? What? Are you going to let God keep you? Is it your immorality? Is it your sexual sin? is that more pleasurable to you and desirable to you than to be the bride that's ready? I can go on and on. But I don't need to because you know what's keeping you. You know what's keeping you from being that bride that's ready. <laughs> Guys, this is not okay. Okay. it up. Whatever is holding you, give it up. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy of a bride who is ready for him. He is worthy of a beautiful bride who awaits him, who is in love with him, who gave everything that held her back. Who gave up her unforgiveness, who gave up her offense, who gave up her sexual immorality, who gave up her own desires. He is worthy of a beautiful bride. He is worthy. Now, this is a prepared bride, y'all. Which bride are you? Which bride are you? Which bride are you? Can we present Ourselves like this. Or are you like this? You're calm. He has not returned because the bride's not ready. And he stands at the altar. This is what I felt and i have that image in my head every day he's at the altar he's at the altar and he's waiting he is waiting for the bride that he loves he's waiting One day, the trumpet will sound. That's the bridegroom coming. That's the bridegroom coming. Are you ready? Here comes the groom. Are you ready? the visual of Jesus marrying his bride because we're not there yet because in my mind and in my heart he's still waiting he's still at the altar waiting he's waiting for you the second part to that is if you're ready you're like praise God thank you Lord I'm ready I am ready. I am excited. I can't wait till you're coming. I am so ready. Then get others ready. Get others ready. He tarries because the bride is not ready. Thank you, ladies. So my altar call for you. He is. If you feel like, Rosie, you know, I I have been saved. But I got to be honest, there's little things, the little things. Sometimes it's just the little things. My lamp is not full. Then come. Let's get the bride ready. He is worthy of everything that you have to give up for him. He is worthy. He is worthy, guys. So this is my altar call. First, I want to do an altar call for someone that maybe you're not even saved. Maybe you haven't accepted Jesus into your heart. You know, the leadership, we just had an amazing journey weekend last weekend. And this is why we do it, y'all. So if you haven't been to a journey weekend, you need to go. Because we're getting the bride ready. And I'm going to go a little further than that. If you're in leadership and you haven't gone, you need to go. Because guess what? You can't give what you don't have. We got to get ready. We got to get the body ready. So, if you don't know the Lord, if you don't know your spiritual birth date, then this is a day. If you tell me, well, I think I'm kind of saved because I kind of started going to church, and you know, I've been kind of going to church. Are you born again? Because that's the question. If you don't know your spiritual date, then I'm going to take the chance to say, sorry, my friend. You are a good, moral person, but you're not saved. Nicodemus did everything right in the eyes of the Lord, in the law. And Jesus said, you must be born again. So if you don't remember and you want to make sure that you're that beautiful bride ready when Jesus comes then come to the altar we're going to pray for you if you love the Lord just because you come to the altar doesn't mean that you don't love the Lord it means that you're humbling yourself and you realize there's still things in me that I have to give up there's still things in me that I have to work out the word says work out your salvation then come If you're one that has influence and are in leadership and you say you know what I do a whole lot of teaching I do a whole lot of encouraging but I haven't taught this to my people then come because for these times we need to be bold we need to preach the word we can't water this down it is time it is time. Leaders, please. thank you, Jesus. Father, I just thank you for this message, oh God, that is burning in your heart, Lord. And I just pray that I was able to deliver it the way you wanted me to deliver it, God. And God, I just pray that you move in the hearts of your people. Pride just melts away because we ain't got no time for pride. I thank you, Abba, that you have not told your son, go get your bride because you're waiting for more to be ready. If you're watching online, your home is your altar. If you're watching online, and you want to give your life to Christ, now is the time. People, be ready. Please come if you need prayer. If you need prayer for anything else, just come to the prayer team too and ask for whatever it is that you need prayer for. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.